Welcome to Reckoning of the Dead Radio. <laughs> Your hosts, the Ryan family, Matt, Evelyn, and Casey. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. You're here with the Ryans as we continue our adventures through the House of Rillier. I'm your host, one of your hosts, and the, the keeper of the game. My name's Matt. I'm Evelyn. I'm Casey. Our players. And uh, for those folks just joining us, hopefully you've listened to episode one and two. All right. So this episode, do we want to do a quick little recap of where we were? Yes, we do want to do a little recap of where we were All right, where we are. All right, Gertie. What's going on? Since we left Miskatonic University driving my car. We drove down and we started our search at the Museum of Fine Arts Art School. And we're doing this at the behest of Ruthie's parents. Um, I would have to say that they're they're quite worried and they've reached out to us. They actually called us at Miskatonic University asking for our help. And that's Dorcas and Manfred Hall. Those are Ruth's parents. Mm And they invited us down. We're staying at their house. Um, and we're investigating, starting with the Museum of Fine Arts School. We also were briefly in the Museum of Fine Arts. We've been talking to some of the folks that knew Ruthie when she was here. We talked with the principal director in administration. His name was Edward Forbes. And he kind of steered us in the direction of the West Wing at the school. We talked with Roberto, the custodian, who nearly frightened the bejesus out of me. And we also um, talked with an undergraduate student who was a friend of Helen's. Her name was Margaret. I don't know if I've mentioned Helen. It turns out that not only is Ruthie missing, but another MFA student named Helen Wilson. Wilson is also disappeared, and a professor at the MFA school, um, and his name, Jason, Jason Davies. Davies. Very good. Very good. So we've been down asking questions, uh, generally making a little bit of a nuisance of ourselves, I must admit. And we did get steered to the Boston Art Club. And we talked with a club member there, Joseph Minot. He was quite helpful and told us more about the mystery man that people had reported seeing with Helen and with Ruthie. His name, Frank Thurber. He's a member of the Boston Art Club, but hasn't been seen around lately. Sounds like he's been drinking heavily, even though it is prohibition. And we could not find him at the club while we were at the club, we also did get to see some artwork by Jason Davies. Some fantastic gloomy landscapes, tendrils of purple fog and ghostly people on the edges, robed figures, and it was all a little bit odd, but I guess that we're lucky that we did not see any art by Richard Pickman. Turns out that Richard Pickman, who's 
exiled in disgrace and had wretched renderings of monsters and mayhem and all sounds quite creepy. It was an interesting time at the club. I don't know if we're any closer to finding Frank Thurber, but we did go back to the hall's house. We had a lovely dinner and we're going to retire for the night. And tomorrow we've agreed that we're going to go to the police department and get a more, shall we say, balanced view of things. Wonderful. Perfect. What a, what a recap. Very well done. So let's start this episode. We ended last episode at dinner. Let's start with breakfast at the halls. Okay. Vicki, what are we having? Well, we're having, well, let's see. We're probably having some sort of... Porridge. Egg. Oh, porridge, you think? Yeah. Well, Mr. Hall loves his eggs. So Mr. Hall cooked up a couple eggs. Cool. But and he does have an too. executive job at the candy factory. Oh, he does? Oh, oh yeah. And there's probably bacon, too. Eggs and bacon. And then maybe uh, toast. Well, of course, there's toast. Yeah. It's eggs, bacon, and toast. It's a classic <clears throat> breakfast. A classic American breakfast. That's right. And it tastes delicious. <laughs> Buffy's there with you. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Hall, they're all there. And um, Mr. Hall says, girls... What's the plan for today? Are you any closer to finding Ruthie? I think so. I mean, don't you think so, Gertie? I think we've made tremendous progress. I I know that it doesn't seem like much, but we've identified some of the what we consider to be kind of key players in this little drama. And um, I think we have direction in terms of going to the police department today and chatting with them a little bit more thoroughly about the situation and to ask more specifically about Frank Thurber. He seems to figure quite prominently in everyone's discussions about Helen and Ruthie and Professor Davies, but no one seems to have seen him lately. And goodness knows, being young women, we can't just go to his boarding house looking for him. So I think we're going to go and talk with the police if we could. That sounds um, like a good idea. Uh, it was uh, Detective Farrell that the paper mentioned. That's correct. And that's who called us. I hope you have good luck with him. Uh, Mr. Hall, did you ever meet Frank Thurber? No, no. Um, <clears throat> I barely remembered his last name. It was just someone that Ruthie would talk about. Huh. Did you think that was strange at all? <clears throat> no, I was actually relieved that she uh, was excited. Uh, as you recall, uh, I, I told you last night that Thurber was offered to buy some of her art, so she was oh, just head right. over heels. You told me that. Yeah, she was ecstatic, <clears throat> as any budding young artist would be. Okay, anything quickly you'd like to do before you leave the halls? I'd like to have another cup of coffee. Easy to do. And just a quick question... Last night when I was up uh, in Ruthie's room, I did a little search in her room to look for any clues as to maybe books that she was reading or papers that she was keeping, some sort of a journal. Did I find anything? Um, you didn't find a journal. She's reading a, a, a collection of short stories and um, Poe's The Fall of the House of Usher is bookmarked. And uh, did you... Uh, so you know, you lived with her. So you know some of her things, some of her jewelry, some of her clothing, and a lot of that is there. The charm bracelet that you remember the paper mentioning 
isn't there. And you both absolutely recall this charm bracelet because Ruthie was quite proud of it. Mm. She adored it. I think uh, maybe I just spent some time looking over all of my notes um, and trying to sort of make a, a firmer picture of this whole situation in my head, seeing if I have some sort of realization that maybe, I don't know, I hadn't before. Okay. All right. So you're in, lost in contemplation. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that you've, you've, that both of you have accurately gone over what you've found so far. And it is, again, it's late January, so it's cold outside. You start the car up, jump in, the three of you, and you drive into town to the police station. So it's in the morning. Again, the streets of Boston are busy. Uh, it's midweek, I think. Uh, and the police station, of course, has its share of comings and goings, people going in and out. In you go uh, to the busy foyer where there's people sitting on benches and police officers uh, dragging in the occasional person in handcuffs and uh, other people arguing with the desk sergeant. It's kind of this mini cacophony as it goes on. And it's easy enough to ask for Detective Farrell and, uh, and sit on a bench and wait for him to come. Sounds good. It takes... 10 or 15 minutes of waiting and then uh, Detective Farrell sort of a tall broad-shouldered man with a short little black mustache and um, slick back grease hair comes up and uh, he says ladies you asked to see me yes sir oh thank you very much for agreeing to see us uh, let me introduce ourselves uh, my name is Gertie Jenkins and this um these are my roommates from Miskatonic University, Victoria Edwards and Buffy Spangler. Hi. And if you don't mind, we would like to talk with you for a bit about the dis disappearance of the three people missing from the MFA. Specifically, we are former roommates of Ruth Hall and we've been invited down by her parents to learn a little bit more about the disappearance of Ruth Hall. And we've been asking around and we have some questions for you because we've heard that you are the expert on this case and the lead. And we just kind of wanted to run some things by you and ask you some questions. I'm happy to help and I'm hoping that this conversation will help me because if I'm the expert on this case, I don't have a whole lot to help you with, but please come back into my office. Thank you. And he leads you back through some hallways and past some other rooms into his office, which has got uh, his desk, some wooden chairs, and then it's sort of like in a little glassed off office when you sit down. And he said, so uh, what can you tell me about this case from your point of view? I mean, so far I've come up with next to nothing. It seems like the girls have disappeared into thin air. Okay. Well, I can tell you some of what we found. Um, we came up here two days ago or one day ago. Yesterday morning. Yes, we came up here yesterday morning, and uh, we've been around uh, both the Museum of Fine Art and the School of the Museum of Fine Art, uh, and we've also uh, we've been to the art club that Jason Davies was a member of, and um, we think that we've uh, we've definitely heard some interesting things. Um, have you heard of Frank Thurber? Um, no, I haven't. Frank Thurber was a man who uh, was seen frequently with 
uh, both Ruth Hall and Helen Wilson, who were friends, turns out. And um, he was also seen with uh, Jason Davies, uh, the night of Jason Davies' disappearance. Um, he was also a member of the Boston Art Club. Um, and it seems like, well, we just know that he knew all the people who have disappeared. Interesting. A Frank Thurber, do you happen to have an address or a description of him? Do we? We have a description. We have a description of him, but we found that that description has been uh, applicable to a lot of gentlemen that we saw, actually, at the Museum of Fine Arts. He's supposedly a tall, uh, kind of heavy-set uh, man in his mid-40s to 50s, and he dresses well, but... From what we understand, he's not been at, seen at the club recently, and he's been drinking a lot. So hmm. he uh, he comes from money, and he also apparently has a red face. Hmm. Well, I guess anybody that drinks a lot would. Um, and you and you found this out where? This uh, was told to us by the custodian at the uh, Museum of Fine Art. And we also talked with Joseph Minot at the Boston Art Club. And he told us Frank Thurber's name and also told us that Frank Thurber was um, a benefactor in a way, was paying Jason Davies' membership in the club. Hmm. So he is an active member of the club, but hasn't been seen there recently. We have several reports uh, that he has been seen in the company of both Ruth and Helen and was seen walking with them in the museum itself. Certainly suspicious. Well, maybe we can, uh, uh, Thurber, maybe we can roust up an address here. I'll see how many Thurbers there are in the phone book. Um, that's very helpful, ladies. That's very helpful. Uh, is there anything that you know that we didn't cover? Uh, no. In fact, I, I didn't even come up with a name. I mean, com uh, piled on top of this is I've got another case. Uh, some guy going on and on about how the jewelry of his dead and buried mother has shown up at a pawn shop in Boston. So uh, he's been pestering me quite a bit, um, thinking that someone has robbed the grave of his mother to pull this jewelry up. So I've been trying to spend time on that and not getting anywhere. But of course, a missing person's case takes top priority. Of course. That seems like an odd case um, investigating jewelry that's shown up at a pawn shop is there's something about the case specifically that's different or odd because i would imagine that if it's a simple case they wouldn't have had a homicide detective assigned to it is there some reason why it's out of the ordinary um i well i'm not just a homicide detective i'm a detective so i'll investigate all sorts of crimes but uh no, I mean, this fella, um, he's just been persistent. I'm not sure. Uh, this gentleman, we, we probably don't know, but what was his name? Um, Frederick Britton. I, I don't know if I should tell you that, but you guys, you girls have been so forthcoming with information from me that I think I can... I can level with you. Oh, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's not a name that we recognize from our yeah. investigations. Um, so we understand that you're conflicted. Um, the other lead that we have is a lead that we don't really want to investigate on our own. Um, 
but we think it's important. And it's a fairly strong connection uh, that there were, there were tales told by Frank Thurber um, about hanging out with a gentleman, an, another bizarre artist, I, I use the term loosely, Richard Pickman. Do you, does that name ring a bell at all? No, it doesn't. We were told at the club that there were all sorts of wild tales of running around in the smugglers' tunnels below Boston. And I don't think it's a, a proper place for young women to visit, but we are interested in finding out where those tunnels might be. You know, I just had a thought. Um, Frank hasn't been around the art club in weeks, right? And no one has really seen him. Maybe he's hanging out in those tunnels. I mean, he said he definitely went there. It could be. Well, the tunnels are a nasty bit of business. I mean, it, certainly it's off limits to the public. Is it possible someone could be living down there? Anything is possible. This is Boston. Um, you, I mean, there there are entrances all over town. But, but again, let me warn you, ladies, that it's quite illegal for civilians to enter the tunnels. Now, only, only trained personnel, um, the Boston City sewer workers, can go in there. Legally. Could we get some sort of permit? Uh, no, I can't give you a permit to break the law. I'm sorry. If you, if, you, if you come up with any sort of conclusive evidence that suggests that someone is in a tunnel, please bring it to me. And here, let me give you my card. And, uh, and, and, and that's my number. And here, let me scribble my private number. And, and and either of those you can call me at any time. Okay. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Detective. Uh, absolutely. If we can think of anything else, we'll be sure to give you a call. All right. Will do. Will do. Um, actually, one last question. Why did you decide to tell us about the uh, the Britain case? Oh, it's just the other case that I've got going on. I've been spending a lot of time down at the Republic Loan down near Boston's downtown crossing. Um so it's taken it's it's distracted me from the missing person case. I guess it's my excuse really is why I haven't come up with more information. I understand. What's the Boston Crossing? I'm not as familiar with the city as I should be even though I did grow up in Stoughton. I don't know. <laughs> Some detective you are. Maybe we'll well maybe we'll We'll update our listeners at home with... I think it's no, an I area. think that's the answer he gave. <laughs> Hello, loyal listeners. This is Editor Eve interjecting some information about Boston's downtown crossing. As you know, Ryan's and Rillier is set in 1922. Back in 1922, Boston Crossing was a pedestrian shopping area, boasting such famous shops as Automatic Bargain Basement. Today, the area is still a shopping center and a tourist destination. Mark 42139 on TripAdvisor writes, This is a shopping area. Mediocre food options, three stars. Here, I can give you the address to the pawn shop, and he rattles something off. Um, <clears throat> but um, 
Uh, but but anyway, that's what's that's sort of what's on my plate. Was it special jewelry? Was it? Um, well, nothing special about it. It's just that um, uh, Mr. Uh, Bidden, Breeden, Breeden, yeah. Bryden. Let's call him Bryden. Freddie Bryden. He just said that uh, you know, it's his mom's the, the jewelry that his mom was buried with is showing up at this pawn shop, and he was convinced. He was outraged. I and, don't blame him. You know, Freddie comes from a good family. He's got a little bit of money, and my superiors they say, "Hey, get on it." Get cracking, Farrell. That's what they said. They said it like that? Get cracking, Farrell. Got it. You can understand why I'm stressed. I suppose so. All right. Thank you very much for your help. So I can um, I can uh, look for an address for this Frank Thurber. That would be wonderful. If you could share it, that would be great. I don't think that we would investigate ourselves, but we could perhaps take it to... Joseph Minot at the club. He seemed very worried about Frank Thurber, and that might be more appropriate. But if you could give us an address, that would be great. All right. Now, do, is you're staying with... Um, Mr. and Mrs. Hall. And their number is? Well, the number right here. I'll write it down for you. That's a Boston Exchange. <laughs> 729... Five eight two nine nine. That's what I wrote. Seven eight, seven twelve. All right. So very good. Hut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies. Uh, is there anything more that we that we need to talk to Detective Farrell about? Would you be able to get that address fairly quickly? We could just sit out on the bench and wait for you. <laughs> Make a charm roll. With that winning smile, listeners, Casey just threw me a winning smile. I thought it was more of a fast track. Fast track? Fast talk. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm going to fail. That's I failed. A I failed. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I failed. <clears throat> so much for charm. So much for charm in the cop. There's se- there are several. several. There's several uh, Thurbers in the phone book. Um, Is there a Frank Thurber? I think there's 18. 18 Thurbers in the Boston Directory. Are there 18 Frank Thurbers? Uh, apparently, the it doesn't it doesn't list. How many F? Thurbers? 18. Okay, 16. Now that a little bird just flew across the table, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, welcome to playing games with the Ryans. We're such a loving family. Isn't it great podcast material? All right, cheese it. What's next? Ooh, cheese it sounds good. So, what's next is we walk outside and Mm -hmm. on the sidewalk, we look at each other and I say, well, ladies, I must say this has been, seems fruitless. Nobody seems to know anything. We're not allowed to go anywhere. I wonder if it's worth going back to the School of Fine Arts and maybe doing a little bit of poking around. They're older buildings, they're beautiful buildings, but I wonder if there's some way of, perhaps we could talk with Roberto. That custodian was very helpful. He might know of something. I just feel a little bit frustrated. He seemed nervous when he talked to us before and he might not want to talk to us again. That's a good point. At the same time, I think he might have told us everything he knows. Um, I'm thinking. Buffy says, "We know that um, 
the boss in our club's got his address. I wonder if there's any way we can get it from them. Well, we can certainly give it a try. Do you have any ideas, Buffy? What do you think would let give? The, what do you think would make them want to give us that? Do you think your parents might have a little bit of pull? Perhaps they could call. Or mine. Or yours. Parents with a little bit of affluence, I think, would be a little helpful in this situation. Now, but now, you're, where are you from again? I'm from uh, Vic- Victoria, Newtown, and, the and that's in Connecticut. Connecticut. The other thing is, I didn't exactly tell them we were going to Boston. <laughs> so, <laughs> might not be the best call. Hey, I'm in Boston. Can I have some money? <laughs> and I don't know. We didn't establish where Buffy's from. I think the West Coast. No, the West Coast. The West Coast? What? She wouldn't be. Buffy, why the hell did you come all the way over here? Where's Buffy? Where's Buffy from? Rhode Island. Probably. Yeah. All right. Buffy's family is a very big house in Rhode Island. All right. All right. We'll, we'll, We'll remember that for next time. Newport. New. That's that's quite that's quite ritzy. Yes. So, what's the plan? Well, I, I, Buffy, I think that's a great idea. We could go and see if perhaps they could help us out. Um, but I do have to say that last time we were there, the ostiary did not seem that um, willing to help us out, but perhaps a little bit more cash might. I also remember the help. other members hurrying us out a little bit. Was there any member that was particularly helpful? Says Buffy. I can't remember. Mr. Minot was very polite. Yes, he was. But I'm I'm wondering if we should just go and talk with the ostiary without the members and just, we greased his palm once, maybe we can do it again. It's just an address. And if we express an interest because he's missing and we're worried, Perhaps he'd be willing to give us the address. As long as the other members don't see him doing it. I think we should get it from him. He would have it. He would have access to the... It's an interesting idea. Who's got the best credit rating? I have 60. Oh, my. You are from Newport. Yeah. Newtown. No, she's from from Newtown. Newtown. Oh, Newtown. Oh, Buffy's from Newport. Yeah. What's what's Buffy's credit rating? Mine's only 50. (laughs) Buffy's not from Newport. (laughs) What's it say? Wait. Ten. Ten. <laughs> she's wearing a silver fox coat. Come on. Well, <clears throat> maybe she's just on a strict allowance. Uh, <clears throat> maybe she is. Maybe, maybe she is. Maybe her parents are wealthy and she is not. And getting and getting money from her parents is quite difficult. I'm sure. Buffy says that's why that. she doesn't have a there's car. There's no we're, There's no way we're getting cash from my old man. Old man. <laughs> I mean. I have some money. I, I have some money, too. It's not a lot, but I'm definitely willing to put it up. I think that also if we had to spend some money and we come up with some positive results, that Mr. Hall would probably help us out, too. Okay, who's gonna make, so who's going to make the credit roll? I will. Okay. You know where the Boston Art Club yep. is, and that's easy enough to do. You know who the ostiary is, mm-hmm. and so that's all easy enough to do. To do. Let's give him a name. We'll call him. Um, it's Smith. Something Smith. Smith. Yeah. How about? Right. 
Well, we already have a Walter. How about a Jonathan? Jonathan Smith. Um, he he. I don't. He's not reluctant about it. I think he's formal about letting you ladies back in. Mm. Um, and you suggest maybe that for a certain amount of cash, mm-hmm. he can get you Frank Thurber's address. Go ahead and make the roll. Does Vicky get a bonus die? Oh, yeah, because I have a pretty high credit rating too. My credit rating's fifty. Yeah, could Gertie assist? I, she can. So let's have Gertie make a roll. Okay. And if Gertie succeeds at her roll, then you'll get a bonus die. And what am I rolling against my credit? Yep. I make it. Wonderful. So you can have now a bonus die. What does that mean? It means you roll two ten-sided dies. The and, lower one. And keep that? the lower one. Yep, keep okay. the lower one. I'm just going to roll twice. But I make it. I make it extremely. Okay. No, I actually don't. I make it. But you make a hard success. Yeah, so it's like success. the Ossieri almost wants to help you. Okay. And he says... Stay right here. He returns almost immediately with an address scribbled on it. It's in one of Boston's finer areas. That makes sense. I thank him profusely. Good luck, girls. Thank you so much, Mr. Smith. We appreciate it. We'll let you know what we find out. Um, Just find those missing girls. You got it. Yes, sir. Okay. Let's go. That's awesome. All right. Wonderful. So we have a little uh, chase music. No, we have some. We have some dramatic music. Oh, uh, it'll be it'll be something creepy, but with a little bit more of a beat. It is a very rich neighborhood. As you as you pull up to the area. Um, and there are several brownstones, and there is Thurber's. Go ahead and make um, go ahead and make a spot hidden roll. The both of you, as you look at the place. I fail. I also fail. All right. So it looks like all of the different brownstones on the street. It, it's a very wealthy neighborhood. There's a woman in a fur coat walking a poodle uh, on the other side of the street, and streetcars going by, and maybe there's a milk truck three or four houses up, and a milkman is dropping off milk. Can you picture the scene? I can. Should we have told the detective about his address? I don't think so. I think he was going to look for the address and give it to us. This is a nice area. Says sure Buffy. is, Buffy. Not as nice as yours, your place, though. <clears throat> Probably not. Or mine. My house is nicer. There's a milkman right up the street. <clears throat> I wonder if... He's been delivering any milk to Thurber's house recently. Want to go ask him? Yeah, yes. why not? Why not? Do you want me to go? Sure. I don't want to go. <laughs> okay. Okay. So who who goes up to the milkman? And I there's w- the, the you know the rattle of glass. Hello, young lady. Oh, hello. Um, I had a quick question. Hmm. That house over there, and I point to his. Uh, do you deliver to that house? Haven't in a long time. Why's that? Well, he's not drinking milk these days. And then he puts his finger up against his nose. I understand. Um, have you seen him at all? Yeah, here and there. I mean, it comes and goes. You don't know him, though? No, 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 no. Okay. I know that I don't deliver milk anymore. It's been a long time. Okay, thank you. Would you like a pint? Of milk? Yeah. How much? <laughs> I don't know. Five cents. 
No, thank you. Okay, he looks at you suspiciously. Why don't you want milk? I'm just not very thirsty. It's cold. It's cold outside, and I, I would rather drink something hot <laughs> than cold milk. You could warm it up in a saucepan. I We're on the street, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Suit yourself, young lady. Thanks again. Mm-hmm. We, uh, <clears throat> you're you're outside the brownstone. Should we just knock? Yes. Let's go up and knock. Okay. Who, between the two of you, who has the lowest block? What do you have? 55. I have 49. You have the lowest block. All right, Eve, you're making the luck roll. No, I fail. No reply to your pounding. You knock again and a third time. No one answers the door. Uh, I go to look in a window. Uh, okay. Um, the windows are dirty and the lace curtains are pulled. Are the windows locked? You try one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I go back down the stairs and look at the front of the building. I look up to see if there's any open windows upstairs or any mm-hmm. curtains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I look to see if there's any like side path that goes down the side yard. I look for that too. So there, um, there is a little alleyway that leads, you suspect, into the backyard. And it's it's got a closed iron gate in front of it so that not anybody can walk down there. There aren't any open windows. It's the end of January and there's a chill in the air, of course. But what you notice as you're walking around is off to the side of the stairs that lead up to the front door, several whole empty liquor bottles and a bunch of broken glass. Several, um, four or five. Are there any footprints? If it, if there's a little bit of snow or ice, do we see any footprints? Um, no. No, there are no footprints going up and down the alley. And, and of course, there are a multitude of tracks in the snow up and down the side. How tall is the gate? I think it's, I mean, it's designed so that people can't get back there, but it's, it's maybe five and a half feet tall, six feet tall. The broken bottles and the full bottles, does it look like they They're not, they're that full, excuse me, they're unbroken. Un, unbroken, I meant entire, sorry. Yep. Does it look like they've been thrown from some place? Yes, it does. And you, not very far, you suspect maybe even the front steps. Gertie, I think I should try to hop this gate. I think you should, too. I'm going to try and climb over the gate. All right. So go ahead and make a climb roll. Gertie, can you give me a boost? I don't know if I can do this by myself. I can give you a little bit of a boost. We can both help. Yes. Is there anybody on the street? Just the milkman. He's not paying attention to us. Can I make a spot hidden? You can. You don't worry about the spot hidden. You and uh, you can add a bonus die to your roll as Buffy and Gertie try to help you over. Okay. So uh, that's a thirty-one and a oh one. Yay! <laughs> she vaults it like a professional vault. She's over it. <laughs> She's over it. it she le- lands the. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Um, and on the other side, 
It, the alley leads down to a little back garden in the back. Again, this is has been neglected, and there aren't um, footprints in it. Is she going to unlock the gate so that we can get in, too? Is it possible to? Um, yeah, with an 01, yes. Yes. Awesome. You can unlatch the gate from the other Thank side. You. Awesome. Yes, yes. Thank you. So the three of you are in the backyard, and again... You know, it looks like it hasn't been touched in a while. There's there's a bit of fallen snow there, but you can tell even before that that this is it's it's disused. Is there a back door? Of course there is. is yes. There a root cellar? Uh, probably. Uh, we'll say both that there's a there's a door that leads down into the basement and uh, uh, steps that lead up to the first floor. A door, a back door to the first floor. So I'm going to walk up the steps and knock on the back door. Mm-hmm. I'll try the root cellar. Mm-hmm. Both doors are locked. Do we see any windows? Sure. I mean, just like in the front of the house, you know, there's windows in the back of the house. There's probably, so there's probably the door and then a window on either side on the first floor and then going up on in the same column rows, three and then three, maybe it's a three-story building. the windows? To see if they're unlocked? Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead and give me another luck roll. At the same time, while she's making that, I have a question. Or I make it. Ooh. Is it hard? It's hard for me to tell with. Luck, but less than half. No, I'm, um, and I can't spend luck to. You can't it. spend luck on luck. Yeah. You said that the uh, the backyard is unmaintained. Yeah. Is that root cellar door rotted? Um, no, I don't think so. And mm. I think it's. But go ahead and make a go ahead and make a luck roll on the root cellar door. Nineteen. That's a hard. Okay. It is unlocked. It is not rotted, but it's unlocked. Awesome. Awesome. And you open it up. Yeah. Let's go. You're in the root cellar. Of course, it's a it's kind of probably damp. Do we um, have a light? Cluttered uh, cellar with all sorts of brick brick brack. Um, some of it looks like it's been here for quite some time. And uh, if it gets dark, I can go back out to the car. I have a flashlight in the car. And, but just looking around in the cellar, you can see where the stairs that go up to the first floor are. And again, there's just a bunch of storage down here, it looks like. So we go up the stairs. Okay. There's a door that leads into the first floor. And you are inside Thurber's apartment. Uh, I think there's a smell in the air. It's dirty. And looking around, uh, there are a bunch of dirty dishes in the sink. Uh, maybe there's even a half-eaten piece of chicken on a plate in the sink. Uh, it, 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 it at one time had fairly nice appointments, but it has not been cleaned in quite some time. This man clearly does not have a cleaning lady. There's an, an empty liquor bottle that's just on its side on the floor off to one side of the doorway that leads down a short hall and into a parlor and in a foyer. And then again, there are stairs that go up to the bedrooms and the bathroom. Do we see anything? So you just see mess. You see a bunch of, um, you see a bunch of papers, uh, you know, like newspaper, unread newspapers just kind of floating around and... Um, okay, I'm going to look for... Dirty glasses. I'm going to look for art and a journal. Okay, so both of you, um, as you're rooting around, can make spot hidden rolls. 
individual. You can make your spot hidden rolls. Hard success. Hard success. Okay. Wonderful. You've gone through the whole house. And, uh, Gertie, you are downstairs in the parlor. And you're going through some different things, right? And in a bag, sort of tucked around the side of the couch, you find a set of earrings and a necklace that are in a bag and sort of tucked around the side there of a style that's quite old. Something that an old lady would wear. Wow, look at this. Look at this jewelry. You must be saying that to Buffy because Vicky's upstairs going through what looks like a bedroom and looking for a journal or something and not really finding anything. Although the second floor is much messier than the first floor. Okay. When you're you're in this front bedroom and you just happen to look out the front window and you see sort of a large portly man walking up the street rolling towards the house. I'm going to run downstairs, and I'm not going to yell, but I'm going to say. Now, Buffy is down there with you, and Buffy's bored. She hasn't found anything. I'm going to say, he's coming home. I see him outside. Oops. We better go. Eep. And we I, we run back down the hall and back down the steps. I didn't see a journal or anything like that. No, no, you didn't see anything like that. So the- I'm, I've still got the bag because I, I, I'm so shocked by the news that yeah. I don't even think to set it down. And, I, it. and I'm and I'm carrying the bag with me and and we're I just kind of stuff it in my coat pocket as we're running back down the hall and back down the stairs. And, and I'm like, shh, 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 shh. Okay, so now you're, are you going out of the back door? You're yes. going into the cellar? No, no, we're going back down the cellar. and Down the, the cellar and out, out to the, the root cellar? Yes. And then where? Then we're, gonna, then we're in the backyard and then we have to, I think we should just wait. Just wait, yeah. And peek, peek around the corner of the Listen fence. for the front door opening. Uh, go ahead and both of you make listen rolls. So you're sort of in the, you're in the back of the house looking and listening down the alleyway? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. I have a hard success. Okay. You didn't hear anything because Buffy won't stop talking. She's extremely nervous now. Oh my God, we're going to get in trouble. We never should have broken into that place. I'm going to plant my hand over her mouth. <laughs> and, and you had... I had a hard success. Okay. So you can hear him walking up the sidewalk. And then maybe you even see him as he passes the alley. Yes. So he's humming some sort of a tune or something. <laughs> and then he... And what time is it? 10 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Sorry. You see him. Heard. You see him take a up end a clear... Uh, maybe it's amber. No, I think it's clear. A clear bottle. It is now empty. The last swallow down his throat. And then he just sort of casts it aside into his own yard. With all the other ones. And then he staggers up the front steps and he's jingling some keys out of his front pocket. Putting it in the latch. But, but then he's he's sort of outside of your, your point of view. What are you doing? We wait until we know he's in the house. Okay, so you can hear the fumbling. You hear the front door open. And then you can hear the front door close. Let's, he's plastered. I think we just leave right now. Um, let's not lock the gate. Sounds good. Okay. 
the two of you are out in the front of the house now. So let's go and knock on his front door. Hide those, hide that bag somewhere first. Well, it's already in my coat pocket. Okay. Let's do it. You haven't even seen it yet because you were upstairs. Okay, fair enough. I just shoved it so you don't even know I have it. It's in my it's in my coat pocket. I have one of those big wool coats. It's not expect it's not a fur coat, but it does have deep pockets. Uh, I look at Buffy. Yeah, let's knock. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'll walk up. Buffy, do you want to wait in the car? No, no, I want to. Be, she's pressed right up against you two. Okay, so like a little Buffy, knot, a but, little knot. The three of you go up the stairs. Buffy, keep your mouth shut. You got it. Let us do the talking. No problem. Okay. okay. I take a deep breath. Where's it? Uh, Mr. Frank Thurber? What should we ask him? What the hell are we going to ask him? What do you want? Oh, Mr. Thurber, um, we're friends of Jason Davies. And Ruth Hall, we've come to see how you're doing. You don't hear anything. We knock again. Mr. Thurber! Go away! Mr. Thurber, are you okay? Mr. Thurber, we just want to talk. All right, he pulls the front door open. You see a large, portly man in his mid-40s. Uh, the ravages of alcoholism have added years to ex- his experience, his appearance. Um, his fine suits rumpled, and the sour smell of old liquor co-mingles with perspiration. Mr. Thurber, thank you so much for and opening the doors. What, what do you want? What's going on? Mr. Thurber... Thank you for opening the door. We just wanted to talk with you, if you don't mind. Our friend, Ruth Hall, was a friend of yours. She mentioned you and said that you were such a nice guy. Could we just come in and ask you some questions very quickly? Okay, both of you can make psychology rolls. Nope. I fail. All right. Um. Um. Look, uh, uh, ladies. I don't know anything. I. 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 I don't know. I. I don't know anything. I mean, I, I really don't really have anything to say to you. There's nothing you can tell us, and I do big butterfly eyes. Can I make a charm roll? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can try. I fail. Mr. Thurber. <clears throat> I know that you are quite the art buff. Could you just tell me some of the exhibits that you and Ruth went to see when you were at the Museum of Fine Arts? Um, I'm kind of hoping that this will settle them down a little bit. Just talking about something other than sure. Yeah, go ahead and make a go ahead and make a persuade roll. Uh, do you have fast talk? Would you rather make that or a? I'd rather do fast talk. Sure. I make it. Okay. Um, uh, uh, 
Okay, so he, yeah, please, please, come in out of the cold. And, and you three walk in and he closes the door. And, and you can smell the whiskey on his breath here. It's even it's even stronger while you're standing in there with him. And he said, I, um, Miss Hall and I, we, we had some common interest in painting, yes, but I certainly don't know what happened to her. Oh, well, nobody seems to know what happened to her. That's not the question. We were just wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about um, exhibits that you folks saw, or some of the um, some of the artwork that you liked, or anything that you did together. No, no, no. <clears throat> See here, young ladies. I'm happy to help, but I'm a very busy man. Uh, Mr. Thurber, have you heard that Ruth Hall is missing? I I don't know anything about it. But have you heard about it? Um, uh, it's been mentioned in the papers that... Now, so he's incredibly nervous right yeah, now. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, both of you can make a spot hidden roll, too, while you're talking to him. Oh, that's extreme success. Wonderful. And I had a success also. Wonderful, wonderful. Since, since you've been in the house, you see that there's a, a new bag of goods that has been set down on um, uh, uh, near an end table near the foyer by the front door. And with your, you can actually read the label and on the bag. It's um, it's um, Flem's Art Supply Store. And it looks like it's, <laughs> it's the famous Flem's Art Supply Store. <laughs> and and it looks like it's full of um, big canvases. Planning on doing some painting, Mr. Thurber? Oh, he so he looks over and then he gets extremely nervous. Oh, uh, uh, look, girls, uh, I, I, I don't know how I can help you. I, I feel awful bad for Ruth and Helen, but I, I, I don't know how to help you. I look around his house, and I'm remembering when we walked through, I didn't see an art space where he would have been painting, and I don't remember seeing other canvases. Mr. Thurber, please... You have to understand we're not trying to accuse you of anything. We're just trying to figure out the truth. Any information that you have could be useful for us. Oh, oh I, I can't take this browbeating, says Thurber. It's not me. It's Peters. He put me up to it. Peters? Peters. It's not my fault. I'm just the man in the middle. Who's Who's Peters? Peters is uh, an art friend of mine. He he needs the art supplies. He needs the... Where is Peters? Well, I, I, I meet him in, a, in an old ramshackle house on the north side. How often? Uh, as often as he sends me um, 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 funds to buy his art supplies. Why do you buy him art supplies? That's what he needs for his studio, his supplies. But why you? Well, we had a, we were friends. We had an acquaintance. And what does he want you to do for him? Buy me art supplies. Yeah, and, and what else? Who he said you were, hey, you, were, you were sick of being the middleman. What else is he trying to get you to do? He, he made me bring those girls to him. As models? As students! Mr. Thurber, we're going to need that address. I don't even know it. 
Can you tell us how to get there? Uh, 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 there's so many twisting, turning pathways. Can you take us there? No! Mr. Thurber, I think you should take us there. Because if you don't, probably the police are going to come. <sighs> Please understand, Mr. Thurber. We have a very good relationship with the detective. He trusts us and we trust him. So, if we come to him and we say, we talked to Frank Thurber, he doesn't have anything to do with the case, sorry for wasting your time, he'll believe us. All right, I think I've got a bottle or two stashed around here somewhere. I'm not going there straight. Whatever you need. So, Franklin Thurber, um, he's absolutely nervous now, right? He goes around, he through his dirty apartment, he finds a flask of whiskey that's maybe half full, tucks it into his breast pocket, and says, All right, let's go. When he's talking to, or when he's getting together his stuff or whatever yes. he needs, yeah, yeah. I want to run into the kitchen to grab a knife. Oh, a big old butcher yeah. knife? Yeah. Yeah, you could probably find a couple of those. Okay. I'll grab a couple. So while he's... Well, Thurber's, like, looking for his alcohol. Does he go upstairs at all? Yeah, if you want him to. Um, I'm going to look for a phone. A telephone. A telephone. And I'm going to call uh, Detective Farrell's phone number. Yeah. And I don't know if he answers or not, um, but he left us his private number, so I'm calling this private number first. Do I get him? Not on the private number. I think that's his sort of his home phone number. Can I get him on the uh, police phone number, or do I get a? You get the dispatch. I think the front desk. So I'm leaving a message with dispatch. Yeah. What do you want me to say to him? Could you please tell Detective Farrell that um, the young ladies that came and talked with him this morning about Ruth Hall have met with Frank Thurber and are currently going to the north side to find somebody named Peters. If you could leave him that message and let him know that we're going with Frank Thurber. Absolutely, young young miss. Thank you. Okay, next time, Buffy, Gertie, and Vicky will follow Thurber to the tenement house. Until next time. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reckoning of the Dead Radio and our special edition of The House of Ryan Plays the House of Rillier. Call of Cthulhu is a trademark of Chaosium Inc. and is used with permission under Chaosium's fan materials policy. The Call of Cthulhu role-playing game and The House of Rillia are the property of Chaosium Inc. For more information about Chaosium's fine products, please visit www.chaosium.com. We'd also like to say a special hello to Jessica Ross. Hi, Mom. This episode of The Ryans and Rilia was recorded on March 28, 2020, in the Reckoning of the Dead studio located in Ithaca, New York. We are The Ryans, Matt, Casey, and Eve. Matt engineered the episode, Eve edited it, and our friend Jimmy McKee provided technical support. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Send any comments to reckonthedead at gmail.com, and we'll see you next time. 